I'm Asan and this is the reaction pod after City got the mother of all draws in the Champions League quarterfinals, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. Joining me to be either very excited or very nervous, I have got uh, Sam Lee from Goal. Hello, Sam. How are you? Hello, mate. Uh, I'm all right, thanks. Not bad. Um, are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you ambivalent because you're a neutral? I'm pretty excited for the two games, actually. Um, I'm a bit annoyed because Anfield is, well, it's not in a hot country with a lot of sun, but also uh, Liverpool only ever give us one accreditation for Goal.com and we've got a newly installed Liverpool correspondent who will be going and I won't be, so I'll probably be watching it at home, unfortunately. So that's the only annoying thing about it for me. But in terms of the tie, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather have seen City play anyone from Europe, but it's, I think we're going to have two great games. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll be perfectly frank with you. Um, we did a version of this podcast earlier, which uh, was eaten by technical gremlins. But in that podcast, I said to Steve Tudor, I said that I was um, basically gutted. I It's the one draw that I didn't want. Liverpool are the one team that I don't want to face. I think that they do represent uh, a, almost a kind of kryptonite to, uh, to Guardiola's city. Um, I think that if I look across the the big players who are who are left in the Champions League, just a very facile analysis. I think that you know Bayern maybe aren't the force that they were under Pep. I think Madrid are fading under Zidane, even though they beat PSG. I think Barca were probably the only side left in it that I would fear, and that would only be because of Messi. And after that, it was Liverpool. Liverpool were the one team that I just I didn't want to get and. Uh, and yeah, now we, we've got them. Um, what's, your, what's your take in terms of who's going to be instinctively more confident based on the two ties that have, that have been played out this season already? Yeah, well, I mean, my reading of it is that, and I could be wrong, certainly I've been in the past, but my reading of it is that City fans are not necessarily too confident about it, but Liverpool fans are kind of buoyed by obviously the result at Anfield, but also this kind of misguided belief that the five nil doesn't count, and that basically, yeah, the five nil doesn't count, or even even worse than the five nil not counting, almost kind of as if Liverpool had somehow won that game morally or otherwise. And it just seems to me like oh, Klopp's quote was, you know, he said City wouldn't have wanted us as the ideal scenario beforehand and you know Klopp sounded confident Cheeky didn't sound too confident well he didn't sound too pleased at all um, with with getting Liverpool and it, it, yeah my reading of it is that it seems that Liverpool are a bit more confident but I don't necessarily see why um, the Mane red card is a whole other issue which has been covered a lot of times it was deserved in Liverpool's reaction you know you can't, you can't blame the red card on Liverpool's reaction after that they just capitulated and if you do that in the Champions League you're out um, at the same time at Anfield City had about 10 minutes they, were, they weren't they were sparkling before that but I thought at the start of the second half they were getting a foothold they were in control especially having gone a goal down and then they had the mad 10 minutes and then after that they, they were in control again and you know they actually got something tangible which in a Champions League game you know they ended up coming away with three away goals 
on a on a bad mm. day for them. So yeah, as far as I'm concerned, over the the two games in the Premier League, City should be the more confident, and not just the two games in the Premier League. The other how many they played now? Thirty games. City should be confident because of that. You know, they're 16 points clear for a reason. They're playing great football. You know, they're, they're 21 points clear of Liverpool in the league, of which mm, is something like that. massive. 21 points. I mean, I'm looking at it in front of me. It's on Sky Sports News, but I said that with scepticism because it doesn't, it doesn't seem believable. 20, they're 21 points clear of Liverpool. And here we are talking about, you know, Liverpool perhaps being confident. And I think they may, they are confident, but I, I just, I can't really see why they would especially believe that they're going to beat City over two legs, especially with the second leg being at the Etihad. Or should mm. I say the second I think, leg not being at Anfield, which is the biggest thing. Yeah, really. I, I think that my theory on, on this, or on why the reactions are as they are, is that I think that over the two game, over the two league games, we've seen the best and the worst of both of those sides. Um, and I think because of that, it makes the nature of these upcoming two ties incredibly unpredictable. Because the reality is that, you know, we showed our glass jaw at Anfield in terms of, you know, we have that playing against certain types of sides. We we are susceptible to, you know, what Liverpool did to us. And whether you talk about it was the quality of their play or we talk about individual mistakes on our end, the individual mistakes are will come down to the manner in which we play football. Um, whereas I think at the Etihad, you saw the best of this city side in terms of how we can blow a team away, the quality that we have going forward. And I think actually, interestingly, for Liverpool, similar is true. I think that at, at Anfield, we, we saw a little bit of them at their best in terms of the problems they caused us in the first 10 minutes. Um, I think we saw the worst of them and their glass jaw after the sending off. And I think that if you look at um, the, the tie at Anfield, you saw the best and the worst of both the teams because ultimately, you know, Liverpool score four goals, but then they concede three and nearly throw the tie away. And for City, they managed to go to Anfield, three score three away goals and still lose the tie 4-3 because they defend like Bellens. Um Is that a fair summation of why this is maybe, why this feels so like unpredictable and therefore nerve-wracking? Yeah, because for as much as, as much as I talked about, you know, that, that 21-point gap in the league, Liverpool's weakness is kind of, you know, they go to Swansea and just kind of, they come up against a team who sit deep and they don't have the answers. Um, but that 21-point gap to City, you know, will be bridged by a two-legged game because for all Liverpool's faults, they generally do turn up in these games, don't they? Especially at Anfield. Yeah. They, you know, they normally, you know, I think, is it club has got the best record against the, the top six sides since he took over? That kind of thing. You you can rely on Liverpool. We've, we've seen it all along. The, well, the best example is they beat City and then they lost to Swansea the week after. Their biggest <laughs> weakness, really, in terms of their league position, is they just they just pull off weird results. That's the reason they don't win titles, because they just, they just come up with weird results. But against the big teams, they can always be relied upon to turn up. And yeah, that's right. I think that's why over the two legs, it is, it is going to be really interesting. And certainly for City, I can understand the nerves. I just think, you know, the City players 
have got this confidence that it's kind of incomprehensible to all of us as outsiders. To you know, we can't we can't really understand how how confident they are. We we maybe thought after City lost in the FA Cup at Wigan that oh, it's Arsenal. You know, it's Arsenal. You never know. Arsenal. You know, Arsenal get stupid results, but in big games, you wouldn't be surprised if they'd won that cup final. And then oh, and if they lose the cup final, then the Emirates, and then this Chelsea is difficult. City just turned up and just smashed it. No problems at all. And I think. For us as outsiders, fans and neutrals alike, we might think, oh, City might be worried or whatever. Maybe they might even we might even think they're worried about the four three at Anfield. But there's you know there's something special going on in this squad at the moment, and I don't I genuinely don't think they'd be daunted. Hmm. I think I think I, I'm not worried about the the mentality of the squad. I certainly think that as a supporter base, we've been rocked by that draw in a way that I don't think the players will be. I think the players will probably feel like they didn't do themselves justice at Anfield and and there is an opportunity now to go to Anfield and win this season and show a different side, show a different kind of mental strength. Um, so I think that that's definitely a, a positive. Look, before we drill down into those two ties and maybe some selection conversations and tactical conversations, um, just stepping back a little bit and looking at that two weeks where we now play Everton, on Sunday, Liverpool midweek, United on Sunday, Liverpool midweek and Spurs on the following Sunday. That entire conversation that we've been having over the last few weeks about isn't it going to be amazing to beat United to win the league? Does that conversation almost get put to one side now? Do we? Do you expect a situation where certainly that United game, because it falls in the middle in between the two Liverpool ties, Will almost become an irrelevance to Guardiola. Yeah, not not so much an irrelevance, but I do think the focus will have shifted now. And I'd, and for all the significant significance of it, the importance of the fans, and don't don't forget, you know, when they, when that game comes around, if City have beaten Everton, when that game comes around, it will still be absolutely huge. But I think the kind of if they're you know if if City had played Sevilla and they'd drawn against United. And beat Sevilla and gone into the next round, and, and they'd have just won the league against Spurs or whatever. There might have been a little bit of disappointment at the time about not winning mm. against United because I understand how massive that would be. But now I, I do think, yeah, the the kind of importance may have shifted a little because look, City are in such a position where if they don't win it against United, they're going to win it another time. And yeah, it yeah. may not be quite as special, but I think the important thing now, and especially as this is against Liverpool. As much as you want to win the title against United, there's the same emotional factor. You do not want to go out of the Champions League to Liverpool. So if you can do the title later on, but go through against Liverpool, then I think in that situation you would take that. What I would say is I'd back City to you know to beat United and and go th- and go through against Liverpool. But if it were the kind of either or scenario, then yeah, I'd think it's fair to say that the game against United is now not quite as monumentally important as it was before. But like, like I say, when it comes round, it's still going to be, you know, it's going to be a <laughs> great atmosphere. And what a, what a great couple of games there's going to be at the Etihad that week. United and then Liverpool. It's going to be... Incredible. Kind of unprecedented territory, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when, when we did the podcast earlier, I was a lot more negative. I think I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I've had to redo this because I feel as though in having had that conversation for 40 minutes with you and Steve... Yeah, and it's a shame this conversation. On, yeah. yeah, it is a shame that he's not on because he was so confident and so he he basically not confident that we'll beat Liverpool, but just 
he 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 impressed upon me this idea that this is what we live for. You know, that two weeks when you say those games out loud one after the other, you know, Everton and then Liverpool in the Champions League and then Man United to secure the secure the Premier League title. And if you don't win it there, then you go and play Liverpool again. Then you got to play Spurs at Wembley to win the Premier League title. I mean, whichever way, it's, it is incredible and it is incredibly yeah. exciting. Um, just looking at the... I had a thought earlier, and uh, I, I wanted to I wanted to put it to you. In my opinion, there's going to be a lot of conversations around team selections in in those two weeks, and in particular in the Liverpool ties. And I'm going to put it out there that Vinny didn't play Homer away in the league games against Liverpool, and that his if he's fit and he's available for those two ties, I believe his presence will be will affect the result more over the 180 minutes than any other player that we have. Because I think that from an attacking point of view, whoever we play, even against Liverpool, will score goals. Not a problem. Against Chelsea, we'll score goals. I think defensively, when we come up against a side like Liverpool, who are kind of like our kryptonite, they do the things that we don't like, which is that they break quickly, they break with technical quality. They can press and counter-press aggressively. They can do it high up the pitch. They basically can smother us in a way that we generally smother other teams. I think within that maelstrom of, of mentalness, Vinny's, like, on his focus, whether it's 90, 95, 96 minutes, will not be broken. Those lapses in concentration that a lot of the defenders we have are prone to I don't think Vinny is prone to those. And I think that against Liverpool in particular, having him there in both those ties will be, yeah, just absolutely crucial. Um, what's your vibe on that? Did hmm. you go along with that? Well, yeah, again, going back to this earlier podcast that people will never hear, I I, I, I think I might have cut you off at the time because I was I was genuinely really surprised. Um, I, I would be surprised if, if company were to start those games. Uh, I'm certainly not playing down what he's done he's been great this season and you, maybe you worry about pace but again against Aubameyang who's as quick as anyone you know he showed that he can he can handle that as well and you know he's certainly not put a foot wrong in these games but I just kind of think we look at that 10 minute spell against Liverpool when even Stones and even Otamendi were giving the ball away under pressure and that was under extreme pressure that was when their heads had gone a bit I just think company's threshold for dealing with that kind of pressure was even lower than theirs and I, I just think that even if it's not Stones because you know he's low on confidence or whatever even if it's Laporte I just wonder if if Guardiola would go for somebody who can play the ball out and I, I may you know I may be wrong and he may play company and company's proven me wrong I think he's proven Guardiola wrong because when Guardiola turned up he didn't really think he could do much with him but lo and behold he's played mm. in two really big games recently and he's played really well and he's played above players who can play it out from the back but I just think against Liverpool you really do need to be on your game in terms of playing out from the back that's where the whole thing comes from that's where City's whole game comes from and I just yeah it's it's really it's really interesting I, I personally I don't know I mean may, maybe this is maybe this only serves to highlight my own misunderstanding of, of what company brings to the team but I think if I were picking the team for Anfield, I I don't think I'd play company. Not in a back four, okay. anyway. 
I think um, I can see where you're coming from. Just to kind of counter myself and to maybe uh, reinforce a little bit of what you're saying, I do think that um, I think maybe Laporte as a left footer on the left-hand side against Salah who will drift inside from that right wing. I think that Salah gave Otamendi a torrid time at, at the Etihad. Um, and I think that maybe there's an argument that Laporte, because he's left-footed, might be a little bit more comfortable uh, in terms of dealing with Salah at source, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, there is that. But I still, to be honest, if I was picking the sides and Vinny was fit, he'd play both the uh, both the, both the ties for me. Yeah. Um, okay, the other kind of selection conversation that, that I've got, because it was raised today, uh, earlier was the idea of Raheem playing at at, um, at Anfield. Whether that would be the case, and just to kind of tie into that, um, whether we could potentially look at playing three at the back at Anfield if Mendy's back. Bearing in mind that if you play with three at the back, then it does kind of give you, if especially if you're not going to play Sterling, because the reason why I instinctively would be like, well, no, you would play Sterling, obviously, is because you want that dual threat of Sterling and Sane on both wings. But if you're going to play with Mendy and Walker as wing-backs and they're going to be your win, then you can kind of get away with not playing with Raz. What's your feeling on that? Bearing in mind that he's struggled whenever he's gone back to Anfield as well. Yeah, well, first of all, I think it's a, a really big if, if Mendy's going to be fit or not. From what I've heard, he's... He's way off. And Guardiola said publicly as well that he needs to be careful with him. But maybe if he is going to play one game at the start of April, which, you know, if he is, if he was targeting the derby, to be fair, as you said in the earlier podcast, if he was targeting the derby, then the Anfield game would be close enough. And okay, if he's fit enough for just one game, maybe, maybe you would play him at Anfield and then you'd, you'd could go back to the kind of formation they played at Watford, which was, you know, three up front, but it was Jesus and Aguero, which, they were a very narrow partnership, basically, and then Sterling was coming in yeah. as effectively a third number nine. And maybe you could you could not use Sterling there. Maybe you could, I don't know, just well, Bernardo would be like for like coming inside. He's he's comfortable in the middle, or even using Sane from the right, which he has done in Germany. I, I know he hasn't done it at at City, um, but if you, if he did want to not play uh, Sterling, and and if Mendy were fit you would have some options there. You know, as a wider issue, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what City do when Mendy's fit because they've worked out a completely other, a completely different system. And, you know, both may well work, but it just depends then on Guardiola for which one he actually chooses. I think at Anfield, mm. it, it it could offer something, even if it's a five at the back with, with Mendy and then you've, you've just got so many bodies in midfield, maybe Guardiola will, will think this is how we can be most solid, you know, this is how we can all, this is how we can kind of guard against that falling apart period. If we've got three centre-backs, two of which are especially good on the ball, and you've got company as well, who's okay, but not as good, but he's also got all his other qualities. And then you've got Fernandinho, Silva and De Bruyne as well. And then maybe if you've got Bernardo Silva coming in on the right, you've got another one in there. Or maybe he'll even do, you know, what he did against Arsenal in the final where, no, he plays De Bruyne nominally on the right, but coming inside. And Gundogan's in there as well. Maybe he'll go for that extra kind of solidity in the middle, use Mendy and Walker as the wide outlet, and you've still got two strikers. Maybe he will be tempted by that. And I could kind mm. of I could kind of understand it as well. 
Yeah, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I was a little bit, I was a bit on the fence about it, but I think that, I, I guess a lot of it depends upon, because we haven't really played three at the back this season. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. And it is, it's such a massive game that, and it's the first one. So it would be a massive call for Guardiola to do that. Yeah. But at the same time, just from a purely theoretical point of view, what you're saying is spot on. I think that the way maybe to deal with the threats that Liverpool pose is to go, well, if we play with three at the back and we play with two wing backs, but then we play with four players in midfield who can keep the ball, who are basically almost centre midfield players. And then you can play with... I'm I'm thinking of like a a three four one two basically. So you've got the 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 three at the back, and then you've got your your two three three four three. Yeah, is that right? So the the yeah. three centre backs, Walker and uh, uh, Mendy, and then you've got Fernandinho and Silva, and then the three up top. You've got Jesus Seguero and De Bruyne. How does that sound to you, Sam? Yeah. That kind of three foot that, three. That, that kind of thing would, yeah, that kind of thing would work. I just, I'm just thinking now, the more I think about it, yeah, maybe Guardiola would be tempted just for more men in the middle, more cover at the back. You've still got the width. Obviously, this is hugely dependent on, on Mendy. Um, yeah. But then, but then again, last time you played three at the back with Mendy, it was against Liverpool. And, you know, as much as it's been overblown, the fact that Mane's red card made a difference, it did make some difference just not as much as people said. And the big issue was the huge space between Mendy and Otamendi. So if they were to go back 100%. to that, they'd have to find some way of closing that space because at Anfield, there could be big problems. See, I think that that's where Laporte comes in because I think that yeah. naturally Laporte is much better. I've noticed that whenever Laporte plays, closing down the left-hand side, we are much, much better because he's much more comfortable at cutting stuff off at source. He's much more comfortable at going out there early. Basically, the kind of stuff that you... This is what I like Vinny for on the right-hand side is that Vinny will see a problem, anticipate the problem, just go out there and mop the problem up, yeah? And I think that that's something that we underestimate because when we see it it's not a big deal you just see a defender going out to the right and dealing with someone it's just that's that's football but then when you look at the problems that Otamendi has had moving out to the left for example even against Liverpool I think that's where Laporte would come in and Laporte and Mendy yeah, I think would have to have some understanding for that to work but it would be a risk it would definitely be a, um, a big big risk okay uh, are there any is there anything that jumps out at you in terms of an obvious selection choice headache that Guardiola will have in the midfield or in the attack? Only really the Sterling thing. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd think Guardiola normally backs his players. I'm just, I was, but then I'm just going back to Burnley when he missed that sit, and then he kind of took him off straight away and put Brahim on, which seemed like. A bit more rash from Guardiola than we've that we've come to expect, um, but yeah, I, the only thing I'd say is Sterling because look, Aguero's not had a great record there. Oh, Aguero, <laughs> Aguero and Jesus, yes, the old Aguero Jesus dilemma. That's a good one, actually. Yeah, yeah. Was that what you were getting at? Well, I'm just I'm I'm interested to know. Like, it's for me if you look at the way the season has panned out. 
I'd be staggered if Jesus starts ahead of Aguero. Aguero's form since the turn of the year, his performances, his goal-scoring record on every level, he's head and shoulders above Jesus this season. And yeah. so for me, I just, I cannot stomach the idea that Guardiola will turn around in the two, in either of the two biggest ties of the season and not pick Aguero. But having said that, that's a decision that I can see him making. Would yeah. you go along with that? The, the only, yeah, 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 exactly, mate, hundred um, percent. He, yeah, he has done that plenty of times before. Um, you know, he did it. He did it in the derby at Old Trafford in December, um, which, which Julie pissed off Aguero as well. But the only thing is, Aguero has been so good since then. You know, he's, you know, he improved last March onwards when Jesus got injured, but he's a, Aguero's improved. Even more so in the you know in the kind of second half of this season that I completely agree with you. But yeah, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Guardiola did decide to you know if they were playing three up front as like Sane and Sterling wide and a central striker. Yeah, you're right. Mm. I, I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if we did play Jesus. We're just gonna have to see. Um, but I agree with you. I think you'd have to go with Aguero for what he's done. And even yeah, he's not got a great record at Anfield, but he's playing you know he's playing so well recently and since the game at Anfield as well in in January then if I were picking it again yeah I'd go for Aguero we'd have to see how it goes yeah I think if if it were football manager right you'd pick Jesus in the in the tie at Anfield because you kind of go into that tie going but we we can't lose tonight no matter what happens so really tonight isn't about being absolutely you know getting a goal or being clinical in 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 Liverpool's box it's about controlling the game and not conceding one two three four goals whereas I think that and I think that at the Etihad it'll be different I think at the Etihad it'll be a case of you know we have to score goals here and we can beat them on the night um so for me I can see Jesus playing at, at Anfield and then Aguero getting the nod depending on the result at Anfield at um at the Etihad. Um I'm kind of slightly changing the subject just because I'm curious it was raised in the previous pod. Um can you see a situation where Foden gets to start the derby because of these two Liverpool ties? No. No. It's fair. Really? No. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well De Bruyne plays all the time anyway. Um Silva's yeah. had a bit of a rest, but he's a warrior as well. He'd play. I, I I could see, you know, the the key players playing all the games. And even if they didn't, he's even if he rested one, pre- presuming both, you know, De Bruyne and Silva are fit, even if he rested one, then I think Gundogan would play. I can't see Foden starting. You know, it's still a huge game, that derby. Like I said, the importance is taking off it slightly, but when it comes around, it's still gonna be absolutely massive. There's still an opportunity, mm. as long as they beat Everton, to win the title. And look, Foden's played. What's he done? Three starts. Um, Leicester in the in the cup, and then the two kind of dead rubbers in the Champions League. He's getting experience. He deserves the experience. But he's seventeen years old, and he's getting it in more or less inconsequential games. Okay. Um, I um, can't see him starting a Manchester derby. I mean, I'll you know okay. if he did it, I'd be like, wow, great! This is a sign from Guardiola that you know this kid can do it, and I'd have confidence that yeah maybe he could do it I'd like to see it happen I wouldn't be shouting from the rooftops if it did happen I just I just really don't think so okay 
Fair enough. Um, hey, look, Sam, I'm going to wrap this up because um, we've spent, you know, nearly two hours doing a half hour podcast. Apologies. Um, just to wrap up, I want to know, like, instinctively, are you, uh, do you feel City go through across the two ties or is it just too close to call? No, no, I, I think I think City will go through. I, okay. I think the Excellent. a really big factor, I think a really big factor is it not being at Anfield for the second leg. Um, yes. But along with all the other factors I've talked about before, you know, City, I've got tremendous belief in this City team. Um, and maybe from an outsider, I'm kind of, it's not negativity that City fans have got. It's just that kind of inherent pessimism that all fans have got, I think. But I'm kind of free of that as an outsider. And I just think what City are doing is incredible. And I, I would, as much as I'm always wary of Liverpool in big games, uh, I, I think City have got enough to do it. Wonderful. And to be honest with you, Sam, talking to you, talking to Steve earlier, I feel much more confident now. I feel like over the two legs, we can beat them and we should beat them. And of course, we should respect them, but we shouldn't fear them. Um, Certainly no more than they they should be fearing us. That's the most important thing. And I hope that that's uh, that's the message that everybody gets from this podcast. Look, Sam, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. No problem, mate. Thank you. To everybody who listened, thank you. That was our impromptu um, reaction to the Champions League draw. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back very soon with another podcast and Up the Blues.